Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of Proverbs chapter 24 and 16. We're so glad each and every single one of you are here. He's worthy to be praised. There is nobody like Him. There's nobody like Him. Can you say amen? I want to preach just what I feel tonight. And from the book of Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, I, we've been doing some teaching, but tonight I'm just going to preach what I feel in my spirit to preach to you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 24 verse 16, and if you've got it, say I've got it. Amen. If you don't, you can see it right behind me. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth again. A just man falleth seven times and riseth again. I'd like to preach tonight on the devil made a mistake. The devil made a mistake. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, the devil, he made a mistake. Amen. Clap your hands before you're seated and make a joyful noise, the Bible says, unto the Lord. You may be seated. When you begin to look at the scripture, you're going to find very few perfect characters, perfect people uh, in the word of the Lord. And um, I'm certainly that as well as I am, you are, that we have some examples in there because it makes us all feel normal. Could you imagine if I was perfect in all my ways and trying to pastor you? Are y'all hearing me right now? All of you get on my nerves, amen. But because of our imperfections, and we know that he's been merciful to us, it allows us to tolerate our kids when we realize we had to grow up too. Am I right or wrong? Tonight, I realize the audience in which I preach to. I realize the people that are watching online. One thing we all have in common is that we've all sinned and have come short of the glory of God. There's none good. No, not one. The Bible tells us there's only one good, and it's God. Can you say amen? With that being said, I I go to church, I pray, and I read my Bible, and I seek the Lord because I'm not the Lord. I need him in my life. He is the strength of my life. He is everything that I need. He's the light of my salvation. How many need his grace and mercy tonight to continue and to keep going on? Would you clap your hands and thank God for he who is rich in mercy. When Samson was designed, you'll find and called, you'll find that his mother had an appearance of an angel that came to her. And she said, you're going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be named Samson, and he's going to be a deliverer of Israel. And um, she went home, and she told her husband, and the husband said, well, I want to have that experience. I, I would like to hear what the angel said. And the angel came to her husband and told her she's going to have a baby. He's going to take the vow of a Nazarite, which meant, he is going to not ever take a divine. He's, he's not ever going to touch dead things. Uh, he's not ever going to a razor to come to his head. 
When you study number six, you'll find that the vow of a Nazarite could be for a month, some for a year. Uh, but there were few people in the Bible that had a lifelong vow of a Nazarite. That meant from the moment that the baby was born, that that baby's hair would never be cut, such as the one I'm speaking about to name was Samson. Samson would have had locks in his hair. Never, never cut from the moment he was born. Even while he was in the womb, his mother didn't drink any type of juice because she knew what the angel said about the baby would be a Nazarite. Samson um, uh, wasn't like everybody else. He didn't do what everybody else did. But the Bible tells us in the book of Judges, it says, um, let me me read it here today. In the book of Judges, it tells us that the Spirit of the Lord began to move up on him. Samson was no doubt called of God. It says, and the Spirit of the Lord, in chapter 13 of Judges, verse 25, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. It's pretty much one of the only positive verses that describes him growing up is that God began to move up on him. May I remind you today that Samson was not just all of a sudden an angel said he's going to be born, he's going to be a deliverer of Israel. What you'll study about Samson is that he was prophesied all the way back in Genesis He was prophesied when Israel was talking to his children, his 12 sons, began to prophesy to them. When he came to his son Dan, he said, out of Dan is going to come a judge. When he said that Dan would have a judge, this was prophecy hundreds of years before about Samson who would be born of the children of Dan. He was a Danite. Everybody say Danite. That meant a descendant of the son of Dan or one of the tribes, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. These were the Danites. Samson was the fulfillment of prophecy that Dan said or that that Israel said would be born. He's not just another baby. He is the prophetic deliverer of Israel who was captive by the Philistines at this time. God began to move on him, and when it did, it seems like God moved on him. And the next chapter, verse 1, it says, And Samson went down to Timnath, and he looked and saw the women, a woman of Timnath and, and uh, of the daughters of the Philistines. And, and he, he came up and told his father and his mother. He said, You know, I'm, I've got my eye on somebody. I, I'm, I think I found the one. Well, well, son, tell us where she's from. He's standing there with his his, his long hair that's way down here and they know in the back of their mind of what God had said at his birth and before he was born and, and they realize he is, he's, he's going to be a deliverer. He said, well, I have fallen in love with a woman from Timnath. Hold on a minute. There's no Jews down in Timnath. Uh, well, who is she? Well, she's a Philistine. And they said, why don't you ever fall in love with anybody of your own people? This wasn't the first time he had issues falling in love with the wrong people. And uh, the Bible tells us that he went down to the vineyards. He went down to the vineyards of Timnath. And, and the Bible says that his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord and that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And when Samson went down, his mother and father, the Bible says they went down with him. And when he got down, and it's not long until he's in a battle. And, he is so strong. I even mentioned 
a little bit about him this past Sunday night. But Samson was so strong when a lion came against him, he grabbed the lion and he slew the lion with his own hands. Do you know that a lion is 25 times as strong as a man? He killed a lion with his own hands. Why? Not because he was strong, but because the power of God was upon him. What we would run from, he would run to. He was a man's man by the boldness of the Holy Ghost. I've told you before, but I was bear hunting the hills, top mountains of West Virginia many years ago. I think Cindy and I, I can't remember if, if it was before we were married or just right after we got married. But, uh, and uh, we were, if we were probably the first year of our marriage, I was way back in the mountains of West Virginia. All I had was a bow and arrow. It's drizzling rain, sort of foggy like it was today. Brother Brown, you know what it's like. You get out in the woods and it gets a little creepy way back in there. Really, really quiet. And that rain just makes it a little more eerie. And I'm walking out a ridge. I'd seen an eight-point buck head out that way. And I was going to try to cut him off and walk. And I slipped through the woods on top of a mountain fog. just sitting just a little bit, drizzling rain. There's nobody anywhere around. I'm, in, I'm parked way back in there walking back on some logging road and walking out this ridge. And I looked down, and here to that wall was a massive black bear. Big, four to 500 pounds black bear. And uh, there's two sides of Aaron Bounds. There's the adventurous side of me that's crazy. There's the wise part of me that was screaming, Run! Get out of here! And uh, but the crazy part of it took over because in your mind in milliseconds you start thinking about, you know what, I can, I can, I've always wanted to shoot a bear with my bow. I always want to shoot a bear with my bow. I could tell all my buddies I killed a bear. You know, all this in milliseconds, you know. Man up somebody. That's what I'm thinking. I pulled that bow back. I was tough, all right. I, I was shaking that thing. And I pulled back aim. I was a decent shot. I used to shoot my bow a lot shot when I did it ran as fast as it could that way brother Adam I ran as fast as I could that way I ran all the way to my truck when I got in the truck I was locking the door as if a bear knew where the door was locked or not or where the handle was but I was finally got enough courage to go see if I'd killed the bear and I get back to the bear I found my error Brother Brian of all, I found my error. You know what that's like. I found my error, and there was no blood, no foul. I had missed that bear that close, shaking. I understood because I understood how much, how much of a threat that thing was to me. That bear's tougher than I am. Samson had the strength to kill uh, a bear, a lion, with his, with his own hands. He was mightily touched by God to fight off things that were wrong. It was in, it was in King David too. When David, when David was the anointed of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. He was protecting his father's sheep. A bear came out. A lion came out. He killed them with his own hands. I want to stop here today and say God will protect you. God will keep you. God will preserve you. He'll give you the strength to go through, go through things that are bigger and beyond you. How I many know this is true tonight? And uh, somehow he... He kills, kills the bear and or kills the lion and, and it's not long he, he returns back and he looks in the carcass of the lion. There is, there's, there's bees flying around it. And uh, he reaches in and sees there's honeycomb. The, the bees, the honeybees have built a nest. He reaches in there and pulls honey out of there. And, and when he pulls honey, he, he eats it. And the Bible says he gains strength. And he writes a riddle. 
that said, Out of the strong came forth sweetness, and out of it came forth meat. He's making reference to the carcass of the lion and, and this. He, he took back honey and he presented it to his mother and father and they knew not. They didn't know that he got that out of the carcass of a lion that he killed. He didn't tell them. You know why he didn't tell them? Because he's a Nazarite. He's not supposed to touch dead things. He's not so, you wouldn't have even went to a funeral. But somewhere in his calling, he began to feel invincible. I can do whatever I want. I can go. I can go. To the, he's he's looking for wives in a vineyard. Um, he's looking for a spouse in somewhere he's not supposed to pay, partake of. And and I will say to you, why hang out in vineyards when you can't eat grapes? And where people get in trouble, where people get in, in trouble is when they start hanging out in places they can't partake of. That's where. Come on, in the church and out of the church. And uh, he's not allowed to take a divine. And why is he in a vineyard if you can't take out? That's why he started battling. A lot of people struggle in their walk with God. The reason is because they create atmospheres. They, they get an atmosphere they can't partake of. They start fighting things they shouldn't fight. One study says there were really no lions in that area. It was an attack on his life. And I, I ponder this today. We cannot live as if we're strong enough to overcome temptation. Can you say amen? I mean, I uh, uh, heard years ago, there was a, a uh, in, our, in our church when I was a kid, a family member of mine that had been, had been delivered of alcohol and, and somebody came to his house and he had a bottle sitting there and they said, well, hey, I thought you don't drink. And he said, well, I'm just proving to myself that I have been delivered. When he passed away, there was empty bottles of alcohol they found all over the house. You, you can't, the Bible says, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Samson edging a little bit too close. I'm going to tell you how you should live. Don't, don't live so close to the edge to where you can fall off. Oh, no. Salvation is too important to me. The deliverance of God, the hand of God. I want to be, I don't want around anything that can tempt. Come on, how many know living for God is the best thing? But don't, don't become so... Don't become so careless that you get to the edge of everything. And Samson began to feel into, uh, indispensable. He, he began to feel like he could do anything. And, and it's not long until he has joined himself to, he's married a Philistine and it goes sour. It doesn't go the way it's supposed to go. And she's end up giving to somebody else. And he said, I, 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 I'm going to do a great hurt to the Philistines. He caught 300 foxes. Could you imagine that? 300 foxes? I mean, this guy was brilliant. Not only smart, not only strong, brilliant. Foxes are one of the hardest things you'll ever catch. If you, you ask any fur trapper, foxes, they, they're, they're, they're so smart. They can catch a lot of animals, but it's hard to catch a fox. It outfox you. It, it'll figure your trap out. God was telling me, I, when I was in Alaska last week, I was in Alaska last Thursday and Friday, I sat down with a, a fur trapper. He used to run a line, and he told me, he said, it was hard to catch a fox. He said, they'd figure out your trap. It was, he said, it was hard to catch one. He caught 300 of them, 300 foxes. And when he did, he, he not only caught them, he tied them together, tail to tail. He put a firebrand between them. He set them on fire, and he let them go. And when he did, they ran through the standing crops and burnt the harvest down that all the Philistines had. I'm talking about he was going to do them a disservice, and he did. He burnt the crops down. He turned the foxes loose in the harvest and burnt it all down. They, 
they, they were planning on destroying him, but they, they couldn't stop Samson. Samson had something about him that you couldn't stop him. He wasn't even living the best way. He wasn't even living in, uh, uh, the, the, the righteous life he could have, but the hand of the Lord is that merciful. Can I say to you tonight, just because you feel God when you come to church doesn't mean he justifies what you've done during the week. Sometimes we're wrong, we know we're wrong, we go to church, we feel God, well maybe God's okay with it. I'm telling you, the Lord is slow to anger and quick to forgive. His hand will stay with you. It is the mercy of God that we can feel Him. Oh, let there be an amen in the building. He became so careless. He became so careless that, that he goes from her, he finds another one in the valley of, uh, in the valley of uh, uh, Solek, and it means the valley of the vine, and guess what her name is? Anybody know what is? Anybody know what Samson's wife's name was? What was it? Anybody? It was Delilah. Oh, Delilah. Oh, Delilah. Somebody say, Oh, Delilah. Brother Adam, don't you look at Jeannie and say, Oh, Delilah. You're going to get in trouble. Amen. Oh, Delilah. And he falls in love with Delilah. And what he doesn't know is she's hired. He had killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey killed a thousand Philistines I'm going to tell you right now that's one tough guy like a Tasmanian devil whipping them people how do you I mean they've got swords, spears, bows he, he's, I mean I'm telling you God was with him come on I said it the other night it's like he didn't look like you think he looked Hey, he looked like me. If I whipped a thousand people with a John Wilber, don't you say the Lord is with Pastor. <laughs> Brother Nehemiah, Brother Trevor, somebody out here tonight, big guy, you'd say, man, that's one tough guy. With me, you know it's a miracle. Here he is, jawbone, and slays a thousand men because God was with him. And the parallels of this is talking about living for God and battles that we face. There are battles that we that should take us out, but we're still here. You know why we're here? Because the hand of the Lord is upon us. At the end of that, he grabs the jawbone of a donkey, and when he does, there's fresh water in that and drinks out of that water because somehow, even in his disobedience, God is sustaining him. He's not even supposed to touch dead things, but water, refreshing water comes. He's sustained by this, Brother Ethan. It's, it's powerful, the mercy of God. Can I stop here and say, don't ever think God's given up on you. Because He has not. Even when you were not doing right. In this mindset, well, I messed up. I, I, I cussed. I did something wrong. I, whatever it is, the mistake I make that God, God's done with me now. I, I'm not, I'm not, that's not God. That's not God. What did the verse say? A just man falleth down seven times, but he'll rise again. A just man falls down, but he, he gets back up again. And uh, I think of the, the, the infamous or the, the, the story of Rocky Marciano that, that uh, the guy that he was fighting was bigger than him, stronger than him, faster than him, a better boxer than him. But Rocky, Rocky got in that ring and people would begin to tell him, say, man, I don't know how you're going to do this. This guy's tougher. He's faster. And he would say to them, he would say, no, I, I'm just, I just need one shot. I just need one opportunity. Said he got in that boxing ring and said his opponent began to box his ears off. 
he was just hitting the guys, bouncing around, knocking him and, and hitting him and getting down. And not long he's in the corner, they said, my lands, he's, he's, he's taking you out. But it seemed like when his back would hit the boxing ring, Rocky would jump up, ready to fight again. And in the corner of the coaching, said, my lands, what are you going to do? He said, I just need one shot. And you know what happened? That's exactly what happened. I forget what round it was. But that, that opponent made an opportunity and he swung and knocked him out and won one of the most famous boxing battles that there ever were. You know why? Because there was something inside of Rocky that said, I'm not giving up even though the opposition is greater than me. And when I'm preaching to you right now, you can't have one mistake, get knocked down by the enemy, have some moment of failure, and say it's over. Uh-uh. I'm getting back up. I am going to win this battle. I'm going to come through this situation. Come on. I'm talking about winning tonight. I'm not giving up over this. I'm not giving up over this opera. I'm going to win the battle. How I many know that verse says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for if I fall, I shall arise. Somebody shout with me. If I fall, I shall arise. God has put it in the DNA of every born-again believer. There is something that he puts in your born-again experience that says failure is not final. Mistakes are not the last of my walk with God. I will get up. I will do this again. I will live. I will not die. I'm going to make it no matter what I got to go through. I'll climb the highest mountain. I'll go through the deepest valley. I'm going to make it. Somebody shout, I'm going to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, all I need is one good shot. How many's ever been knocked down by the enemy? Tell somebody near you, he might have won the battle, but I'm going to win the war. The devil made a mistake because he thought if I could just knock him down once, it's over. But what he doesn't understand in the proverb about the people that walk with God, it's in us to not stay down even though we get knocked down. A just man falls seven times, but it gets up. Somebody shout, a just man. Did the Bible say he was a failure? Did the Bible say he was a bad man? Did it say he was an unbeliever? Does it say he was a sinner? Oh, a sinner falls seven times. Oh, that's how you read it. It's not how the Bible says it. A just man. You know what that means? A righteous man. A good man. A good person. A holy person can get knocked down seven times, but they're going to get back up. I, I, I wish tonight, I wish some of you could get in you, in you, some rising up that says, I'm not going to stay down. There's too much ahead of me. There's too much greatness ahead of me. Come on, I preach to people that have made mistakes, have issues in your life. It looked like you were down for the count, but something began to move on you down on the, on the floor of the boxing ring that said, I don't think it's over. The bell has not rung. It is not, it is not the end of the round. I think something. I come to preach to somebody on a Wednesday night. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that situation and say, the Lord is going to do it in me again. God's going to do something in me again. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up. Don't give up. Shout, shout get, get up.
and never give up. And that's what's in the story. As Samson finds himself, he, he, he feels indestructible but doesn't realize. He doesn't realize that his world is about to crumble. He now feels he can love anybody. He can do his own thing. I drink. I got. I got. I got strength from a dead lion. I drank water from a dead donkey. And I'm not even supposed to touch dead things. I think maybe I can get strength and just do whatever I want to do. It doesn't work that way, Samson. Because what you're justifying is just God being patient and merciful. You knew it was wrong when you picked it up. Are y'all hearing me? You knew it was wrong. There's an old proverb of a there's an there's an old proverb of a, of a guy that's up on top of the mountain and he says he's on top of the mountain, the snow was on the ground, he looked down and there was a snake laying there. The snake looked up at him and he said, Mister, I'm cold. Would you pick me up and take me to the bottom of that mountain where I'll be warmer because it's ice up here. He said, that old Indian looked down off his horse at that snake said, no, I'm not touching you, picking it. You're a snake. Oh, but, but listen, I'm cold. I'm going to die up here. I promise I won't bite you. Just pick me up and take me to the bottom where I won't die on this cold mountaintop. He said that Indian was believed the snake that old Indian proverb speaks how he took that snake that can't hardly move cause he's cold blooded picks it up and puts it here in his coat gets to the bottom of that valley when he gets to the bottom of the valley that thing had warmed up just enough when he reaches in to pull it out to lay it down it bites him on the hand he throws it to the ground he said you bit me and that snake said you knew what I was when you picked me up And sometimes you turn on that show and you know what it is when you turn it on. You get on that website, you know what it was when you turned it on. You hung out with that person, you answered that phone call and you knew what it was about when you answered it, when you called him. When you know, I had a guy sitting there one time, I told him, I said, in the Holy Ghost, I walked up to him, I was preaching, walked up to him, I stopped, I could see a vision. And I told him, I said, I said, the Lord said that, that somebody's getting ready to pull up beside you. I said, I can see as clear as can be. A car is going to pull up beside you. You're going to be walking down the road. A car is going to pull up beside you. I said, I see the door flying open in front of you. And I said, I said they're going to say, hey, hop in, I'm going to give you a ride. I said, whatever you do, don't get in that car. He left here. Went up the road, a car pulled up right beside him, just like I told him when I was preaching. And the car pulled up beside him, flung the door open, said, get in. He looked in there, that was his ex-girlfriend. He said, I'm not getting a car with you. God sees your path. Most people that I see that have failures in their world, it's almost always connected to somebody. And you've got to determine, am I going to succeed or am I going to go backwards? But I feel like Simon Peter. Where am I going to go back to? Thou hast the words of eternal life. How many know there's some places you're going to go, some things you don't do, some things you don't partake of. And Samson began to feel indestructible. I can go to church and feel God and I can go do whatever I want to do. It doesn't work that way. Straight as a gate narrows the way which leads to life. 
Few there be that find it, but straight as a gate and broad as a way which leads to destruction, and many there go. You know what? You can just do whatever you want to do, and you'll end up in destruction. But if you make your mind up, I'm going to live for God, and there's some places I won't go, there's some things I won't do, there's some words I won't say, there's some conversations I'm not going to have, there's some movies you don't watch, some music you don't listen to, some apps you don't get on. You know what you'll find? When you say no to this old flesh, you'll find strength and encouragement and longevity in your walk with God. It's called righteousness. I am here today because I disconnected from some friends. I'm here today. Listen to me. I'm here today because I said no to some people in my life. One later came to me five years later. Because every time I start getting right with God, they come to my mind. I thought, how am I going to be if I get around them? What am I going to do when I get around them, when I committed my life to the Lord? It was a question because I knew temptation was in the presence of that peer. I knew there was an opportunities in the presence of that peer. When I committed my life to the Lord, I said, I'm not going to partake. I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to. And you know what? God separated me from that. Five years later, when they came to the Lord, gave their life to God, you know what they said? They said, I was the devil in your life. Out of their own words, they said, I'm the one that tried to get you to do things that was not right. Samson, I know she's good looking. Samson, she's the prettiest girl you've seen in months. Samson. She's got your attention, but Samson, there's a problem. She's been hired by the lords of the Philistines to make you like everybody else. He didn't know it. She flirts with him at the gate, and it's not long that he is he's stricken by her, and he goes to see her. He's so comfortable with her. He'd lay, lay his head in her lap. He'd fall asleep on her lap. Now, now she starts asking questions like this. Can I can I for for every single man in the room, listen to me. Let me warn you. She says, Samson, tell me where your strength lies, where I can afflict you. Now, some girl says, tell me why you're so strong so I can hurt you. Run! She says, how can I hurt you? That's, that's probably not a good sign. But guys are dumb sometimes. Y'all not listening to me. Every woman in the room thinks it's funny, but every guy's right now is like, hold on, Pastor, you got to stay with us now. Starstruck. Because the moment is more appealing. The, 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 the pleasure of the moment, confusion, con, it makes confusion the, the value of the future. And uh, he, he played jokes with her, you know. He'd say things like, uh, if you, if you bind me with ropes that were never occupied, he said, I'll be like every other man. You don't want somebody in your life that wants to make you normalize like everybody else. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God didn't call you to make a living. He called you to make a difference. And you think for a minute the reason that the enemy has is, is hired her to love Samson, distract him is because he's a threat to them. If he does what he's supposed to do, all of Israel is going to be set free. You know what I believe? I believe God called the church to set a city free. Free of drugs and free of inferiorities and free of bondage and free. Come on now. It bothered me to see all the stuff that goes on in the city. I believe God wants to set people free. Do you believe that? I believe God wants to, he wants to use you for somebody to be set free. Is there anybody in the building that you say, I've been set free? 
Come on. I once was bound, but now I'm free. Amen. I once was low, but now I've been lifted. Amen. I was blind, but now I see. Would you clap your hands and praise him today? Amen. 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 Samson, don't. He's not listening to anybody. He's indestructible. I'll never fall. I'll never fail. I can do what I want. God's always moved on me. Even when I was disobedient to, my, to the leaders in my life, God is still with me. And all of a sudden, he looks at her and he says, Well, I'll tell you what. Don't tell anybody. But if you bind me with ropes that were never occupied, he said, it'll drain. It's kryptonite in my life. It's like kryptonite to Sam, Superman. I'll be like everybody else. He was super human, powerful. He could carry the gates of the city all the way up and set them on top of the mountain. Brother Brown, he, 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 they'd never seen anything like him. They couldn't stop him. One man. There was more men than just him in the Bible. There was other men that fought off of 800 at one time. And one man in the Bible fought a guy in a snowy pit. He was in a pit on a snowy day, a lion-like man, and conquered him. There was David killed, a, killed Goliath. And how many know God used people to do mighty things? Praise the name of the Lord. I, I'm, I'm not just talking to people just sitting in church staying saved. I'm talking about God's going to use you to do mighty things. And when God starts anointing you to make, bring breakthroughs to people's lives and you start seeing God move in your life, the devil's going to try to take you out. There's a target on you. Target on this church. There's a target on me. There is. He'd love to take you out and set an entrapment, but he's too blind. Through long gradualism, here a little, there a little. Well, I haven't, I'm still anointed. I know I'm done right. I've been the wrong people, but here I am. I can still feel God. And he ends up and he's laying his, his head in the lap of a murderer. He's comfortable with her because she's, she's a woman. She's smooth and pretty, feminine, attractive. Her tongue split. He just can't see it. She's talking one way to him and talking another way to the people that hired her. Matter of fact, it was more than just hired. She was threatened if you don't. Read it. What I'm saying to you here today, uh, some, somebody, I, I heard a statistic one time, but do you know, and I was talking about bear hunting. I'm glad to tell you I've killed a few bears since then. <laughs> I have. feel boastful for some reason. I killed one, got it mounted. My dad showed up at church said, anybody seen pastor's baby bear? He's got mounted. You know, Dad. Do you know that less than one person a year dies in the United States, dies in, in, by, the, by the death of being killed by a bear? Do you know that? Less than one. Statistically, not one a year gets killed by a bear. But there's a lot of people that have died statistically by teddy bears. More people die by teddy bears than they do by bears. That's a true statistic. And you could study it and see the cause. Of Bishop White preached a message here one time. He preached it on. He talked about teddy bear testimonies. He talked about why people fail living for God. She seemed just soft and comfortable. But she had a plan. He starts playing games. I, I want you to hear me tonight. The call of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God is nothing to play games with. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you can live in both worlds. I, 
I don't know why I'm preaching this tonight, but I feel inspired. You know, well, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. I still feel God in and out. It's the mercy. That's why you don't miss church. That's why you go to the house of God. Because too far out here, the old time was called a straddling the fence. Somebody said one time, said, I've never seen anybody straddle a fence ever fall in the church. You, you, that's, that's where he was. It'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to me. It'll never happen to man. And all of a sudden, he, he goes asleep, and when he wakes up, he is bound by ropes that were never occupied. What he said would make him less than what God called him to be is tied around his wrist. And they said, Samson, the Philistines are up on you. That's the, that's the army of the nationals, those, the, the, the enemy. They come rushing in there. You know what he does? He snaps it, just grabs him and throws those men all over the room and wins. And she, she put on a show. She probably said something. Oh, you're so strong. I can't believe that happened to you. I mean, if it was me, if it was you on a normal day, you'd be like, why'd you tell me the ropes had never occupied? I told you. Oh, Samson, I don't know. I'm just so glad you're okay. I'm just so glad you're okay. But I do want to know. I'm still interested. He's forgot she says she wants to hurt him. Okay, now, you'll buy me with ropes, green ropes that have never dried. Fresh weeds, green, never been dried out. She does something to me. I'll be like everybody else. and He somehow comfortably falls asleep there in the presence of God, in the mercy of God. There's a presence that you can feel when you're right with God. You can feel that. And uh, he, he falls asleep and wakes up. Samson, the Philistines are up on you. And he jumps up. And when he does, he's tied with green ropes that were never dried. And he snaps them and throws them all over the room. And he probably never even broke a breath, never broke a sweat. And he slung the enemy everywhere. And here's Delilah standing in the corner of the room looking at him. Probably, probably one of the people, lords of the Philistines, just waiting in the corner in the shadows. And she looks at him and looks at him. And here he is. And she's, oh, Samson, I'm so sorry, but I'm so, oh, honey, I'm so glad you're okay. And he's looking down and looking at her and looking down and looking at her. And he realizes he's so blinded by what he's in that he can't see what's really going on. And he, he, he looks at her and she said, oh, but Samson, I I'm so glad you're okay, but I'm still interested. Wake up. His eyes are open. One time went and my my cousin told me, he said, said, my dad sleeps with his eyes open. Let's go in there. I remember walking there, my Uncle Homer, he's laying in bed, his eyes just like this. His eyes was wide open. I thought later in life, I need to call him because he's probably just playing games with us, but I really... All my life, till about a few weeks ago, I thought my uncle sleep with his eyes open. Samson was asleep with his eyes open. (laughs) 
him, said, Where's your strength lie? Hey, Samson, where's your strength? What makes you so strong? What makes you, what makes you do what you do? He said, if you weave my seven locks of the hair with a web. He said, I'll be like everybody. He's getting closer. He's went from his, he went from his hands to his hair. He's getting closer, Michael. He's, he's getting closer to the depth deep convictions of his life and that's always what happens when somebody's falling away from God they, they always start with the here but they end up getting closer to their consecration and their vows before God he's, he's not there yet but he gets closer and he wakes up and he wakes up and he's in such a deep sleep Michael you're, you're I can understand getting my hair cut and falling asleep because that's happened a few times when you're my barber but somehow they take the seven locks of his hair weave it with the web when he wakes up, he's, he's got this weight on him now. But when he wakes up, he, he comes up to Samson. He wakes up and the enemy, Brother Paul, I mean, is all around him. I'm telling you, this is real. If the devil for one moment could slip into your life and make you the way you used to be. He doesn't want you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be right. He doesn't want you to be holy. He doesn't want you to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want you to be an intercessor. He doesn't want you to have wisdom. He doesn't want you to affect the kingdom of pulling families down. He wants this city to be in bondage. He wants families to fail. He wants preachers to fall. He doesn't want children to succeed. He wants to do everything he can to pull down. And here she is trying to pull him down out of a walk with God, out of a place of power, down to just be like everybody else. You don't need anybody in your world that wants you to just be like everybody else. Come on, I'm telling you tonight, God didn't call this church just to be like every other community gathering. We need God's presence in our life. We need the hand of God with us up on. Come on, I don't want to go to church and fall asleep. I want to go to church and feel the power of God. I want to see the blind eyes open. I want to see the deaf hear. Amen. The lame walk. The dumb talk. I want to see God do miracles among us. Somebody say amen. Come on, do you want to just be like everybody else? Do you want to become just like every other community gathering? Or do you want to be called of God? I just feel like if I could shout through the ages of time, if I could shout through the ages of time, all the way back to Samson's day, say, Samson, wake up! Wake up, Samson! It's not what you think it is. She's not who you think she is. But I can't. I can't wake him up. How many times have a pastor, that's how I felt. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Don't you see it's the struggle? I watched my wife get on her hands and knees and beg people. Don't leave. Don't you go that direction. I've seen her. I said, she and I one time, one situation on her hands and knees. I cried for an hour and a half trying to convince somebody not to walk away from God. But tell them the truth, honey. He didn't understand the passion. It was awkward. Whatever you do, don't. Don't, 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 don't. Here he is, and I feel that. Don't, Samson. Don't, Samson. He wakes up. He throws those Philistines everywhere. And when she's done, her demeanor is different this time. It's not what it's been. The motive and her demeanor of trying to get him to confess where his strength lies was no longer the same. 
she, she approaches him this way in Judges 16 and 15. She said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not willing? She said, You've mocked me these three times. Samson, she's trying to kill you. Can't see it. Can't see it. He's blind as a bat. Watch her motive of choice. Choose me or your God. And that's what it comes down. Choose me or your convictions. Choose me or your consecration. Choose me. He said, she said, Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. Came to pass when she pressed him daily. I wonder what's pressing you in this room. I am under the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. I wonder what's pressing you to. I wonder what's pressing you to step away from the anointing of God. I wonder what's pressing this congregation. I realize the crowd is smaller tonight. There's so much sickness going on. The flu, influenza, A, COVID. There's so many things going on right now. Stomach virus. People are having fevers and sore throats. I know there's a lot of people probably even watching from home, and maybe it's for you. There's in this room tonight, I feel, a touch and a call of God. I feel like somebody needs to be able to get up in your spirit and say, you can't have my eternity. You cannot have my calling. You cannot have what God has for me. You can't have my salvation. Come on, you can't get me away from what God's going to do in my world. You can't have me. Come on, you can't have my family. You can't have my car. Would you jump to your feet and shout, you can't have what God's given me. You are, just remain standing. You're not just here. You're chosen. Did you hear, Pastor? You're chosen. I can hear Israel. If Israel could have... From, from, the, from the ages of time, hollering towards Samson. Samson! It's a trick. She doesn't want you to be the deliverer of Israel. I wish I could scream it from here, and I already did. He can't hear my voice, and he couldn't hear his voice. The only thing he could do is at that moment do what he wanted to do. He said, it's simple. He said, he told her all his heart. So you can give a part of your life to the world, but there's a moment the devil's going to expect you to give all your heart to the world. The enemy will never be content, just one foot in and one foot out. Come on. He's an all or nothing type of guy. So is God. How long halt you between two opinions? God will tolerate it for a long time sometimes. But there comes a reckoning decision moment. I had to make it, and everybody that's been in here for a while had to make a decision. I'm going to live for God or I'm going to the world. The devil will only tolerate you going to church for so long before you have to make And that's what she did. Three times you mocked me. You don't love me. Pressed to the point that he stepped out of first time that I find this. In his holiness consecration, he steps out and he says to her. He said, there hath no razor. There hath not come a razor upon mine head. For I have been a Nazarite and a God from my mother's womb. I am who I am from the moment I've been in my mother's belly. She said, if I, I be shaven, then 
my strength will go from me. And I should become weak and be like any and be like any other man. He knew this time. He knew. Don't tell me he didn't know that when he would wake up that his head would be shaved. He's never known cut hair in his life. He's never been to the barber shop and they had to get the broom out. His baby hair is at the end of his hair. Remember, Jillian was in a Christian movie they put out one time. and Somebody was combing her hair out. And this little girl, and uh, she asked her, she said, you ever cut your hair? She said, oh, I've never cut my hair. And that lady said, when I was standing there, she said, hey, y'all come here. This is her baby hair. She was so mesmerized at that, Jillian. Samson says... Samson says to her, there's never been a razor in my head. I've never been shaven. But watch what he says. He says, but when? He said, if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and shall become weak and be like any other man. He said, if you take my hair, I'm going to be like part of him knew he'd be shaven but he's never lived that he remembers without the spirit of God bailing him out come here I love you Samson thank you for loving me and opening up to me she starts rubbing his fingers through his hair massaging his scalp until he fell asleep like three other times as soon as he she knew he was fast asleep. Somebody peeking from the corner. She might have called for you, Michael, the barber. Well, she did. She got the barber either. Came in there and somehow the depth of his sleep began to shave his head. Next morning when he wakes up, Samson! Sees me upon thee. He jumps out of bed. Philistines around him. Hey, hey, hey. This time they, they come at him. Come, come, come at me. Come at me. He grabs it. Nothing. The Bible says he wished not that the Spirit of the Lord had left him. He woke up at other times, but today. He has no power over the enemy. <laughs> Today, he has no power over the addiction. Today, he has no power over the ways thinking toward sin. Today, he has no power. Are y'all with me tonight? Are you, are you in the storybook with me? And they grab him with any ropes now. They bind him, pluck out his eyes, and they lead him away. One man can lead him away. Because now he's like every other man. I got a question for everybody in this room. Do you want your family to be like every other family? Do you want your marriage to be like every other marriage? 
you want your ministry just to be something else in the city? Come on, or do you want it to be powerful and touched by God? Do you want your children to be like every other children? Or do you want God's hand on your life? Because I'm telling you, I feel a witness of the Spirit. I'm not done preaching yet. I have one person that's amen at me right now saying free. Pastor, it's school night. They're going to sleep real good tonight and get up extra early. Amen. Watch. Take him down to the meal. He's humbled and grinding, grinding the meal with the women, pressing that thing in the meal, the grinds the meal in the basement. It was a humbling job for anybody. He's down there. That's his job. He has now been abased down to the lowest state of a man. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take you from here to here. Watch what happens when the devil gets a hold of somebody's life. He's going to drag him all the way down to the pig pen. Drag him through the mud. Because he wants to take anything that's ever had God's glory on it and destroy it. The Bible says, the Bible says they were going to make sport of him. Ooh, they're going to make fun of him. I'm going to tell you right now, they just wanted to shame him. Dad, Mom, they just wanted to shame him. Oh, we got him now. Even his own God's left him. Drag him around the gate, the gate, the, the gate kick carrier, the, the thousand man warrior, the 30 some men he destroyed. Oh, look at him now. He can't even see. He can't even see. But we're gonna bring him out to our, we're gonna bring him out to the house of worship of Dagon. We're gonna bring him to the, it was an arena. There were thousands of Philistines looking down. It was like, it was like the, 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 there's a movie called The Gladiator where they were fight. They were going to bring him there and make sport of him. They was going to bring him to the arena and mock him. It's this, this warrior of Jehovah, this warrior of the Jews, they're going to bring out and mock him in front of the thousands and say, our God has conquered this. That's what they're going to do. But somewhere between the enemy's display of, 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 of humiliation and God's infinite mercy. He reaches up in a jail cell, Sister Sandy. And he reaches up and touches his hand, Sister Brooke. And the Bible uses this phrase. It says, how be it? Sister Vicki, his hair began to grow. Wendy, Sister Wendy, the thought is it possible for Paul, Brother Dennis? He can't see, it's dark now. I don't know. Somewhere that began to fill it, maybe layer of his color. I don't know how long he was there, but began to touch his head. I wonder if God. just wonder and the lad came to get him and take him to make sport and he told the lad lead me to the pillars Woo. lead me to the pillars who I was a champion that is now led by a young man he's his eyes and his direction but there's one thing Samson remembered in his backslidden state there's one thing I remember seeing I know what holds up the arena I know where the support post that holds up the enemy camp take me Take me to what's holding up the kingdom of the enemy. Take me to the thing that, that's supporting them. You see, sometimes backslidden states are not always the worst ones to come from. Because sometimes you get knowledge on how to bring people out 
But somebody's never left the kingdom that went into the world that when they come out of the world, they know what holds that place up and know how to tear it down. Come on. You've lived, Brother Gene, you were teaching a class tonight that I can't teach as effective you because you've been there. You know how to, and somebody was baptized tonight from that class. And can you shout hallelujah? He said, lead me to the pillars. I, I, want, I want you to get involved with the preaching tonight. Would you, would you lean forward a little bit and lean down to the lad's ear and say, lead me to the pillars. Come on, say, lead me to the pillars. I'm going to tell you right now, the devil made a mistake. He should have killed him at Delilah's house. He should have made fun of him and just plucked his eyes out. He should have stabbed him through the heart. Should have killed him right there. Oh, but no, that's not the nature of the devil. He didn't want to kill you. He wants to shame you before he ever takes you out. It is the concept of the enemy to try to shame you. But I come to preach to you, it was his worst mistake. He should have taken him out at Delilah's house. Because when he got to the pillars, he put one hand here and he put another hand here. And the Bible says he prayed one more time. Come on, there's power in praying one more time. <laughs> I said there's power in one more prayer. There's power in one more try. There's power. I want you to say the devil made a mistake. I'm going to pray one more time. Come on, mama. Pray one more prayer for that family. I'm not giving up. One more prayer. Look at your neighbor. Just, I just need one shot. Come on, tell your neighbor. Come on, hold your fist out. Put up that index finger and say, I just need one shot. I've been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Come on, I've been knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. My greatest days are ahead of me, not behind me. They took him to a whipping post. They stripped him of his garments. They put a they put a, a, a purple robe around him and put a crown of thorns on him. <laughs> King of the Jews. <laughs> they gathered around and mocked him. He was quiet. He was quiet. He seemed weak. They plucked his beard and spit on his face until the mucus hung off his beard. They tied him to a whipping post and whipped him 39 stripes and he'd fall, but he'd get back up again. They'd hit him, he'd fall, but he'd get back up again. 40 saved one 39 times. He got back up, put a cross for him to bear. He climbed up Golgotha's hill. They mocked him. They nailed him to the cross. They put a a superscription over his head in mockery saying king of the Jews but they should have killed him at Pilate's hall they should have killed him at the judgment seat they should have killed him in the garden of Gethsemane come on they should have killed him when Judas showed up and betrayed him they should have stabbed him there but no they just wanted to humiliate him and drag him down a road of mockery but the devil made a mistake you know why because he prayed one more time and in that prayer he said father forgive them 
for they know not what they do. And we are here today because he prayed one more prayer. We are here today. I've come to preach to people tonight that are in opposition. I've come to preach to people tonight that hell has attacked everything you have. I've come to preach to people tonight. I've come to tell you, you need to stand to your feet, run down to this altar, and say, I'm praying one more time. Come on, is there anybody in this building? I know there is. You're not going to do it. You're not going to win. For a just man falls seven times, but he's going to rise again. Come on. He I'm preaching to a, I'm, I'm preaching to a brother. I'm preaching to a sister. I'm preaching to somebody. You're not going to get what God has for me. Hallelujah. I'm fighting for it. I'm praying for it. I'm believing for it. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm praying somebody out. I'm getting up. Come on, you thought God was done with you. He's not done with you. Come on, Samson, you made mistakes, but it knocked you down, but God wasn't done. Howbeit, his hair began to grow. He began to understand the mercy of God. If he did it once, he could do it again. It's the power of a second try. It's the power of a second prayer. I wish somebody would lift your voice aloud to the Lord and say, God, I'm not giving up. Come on, press beyond. Press beyond the circumstance. I'm not giving up. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.